Previously on the last episode of Liberty Tech on Tap. Um, malware removal, you know, 10 years ago, you know, I used to joke and say, well, you know, we can install antivirus or anti-malware, but there's nothing really that can reach out of the screen and keep, you know, your mom yeah. from clicking on yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, after a while, um, some things like DNS filtering, um, that actually prevents the thing from even coming up to begin with. So that actually prevents them from having the thing being presented to click on yes. So, um, you know, we've been able to stay ahead, but it's very much like an arms race um, and, and very much like a, a Cold War atmosphere that we're in. But, you know, now instead of nuclear deterrence, it's, it's cyber deterrence. And um, it appears that, you know, the Cold War, the, the cyber Cold War has gone hot at this point. Liberty Tech on Tap, where we talk and you tap in. If you're at a place where you can kick back and relax, pause this, grab a cold one. We promise we'll be here right when you get back. There's no shame in wanting to look presentable. All right, so this is our first first live test. So thank you for listening to Liberty Tech on Tap. We have the normal Emily, right? Yes. yes. Hello, Hello, everybody. <laughs> and then Joe. And then we have a guest. Hello. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you're going to throw me, like, do an introduction for me or you're just right. let me go. But um, What's your name again? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you both know. Um, I'm, I'm Charles Goodsell, Chief Customer Officer here at Liberty Technology. All right. Our boss. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Today's topic is company culture. Company culture. So who better to talk a little bit about it first? <laughs> What is com co company culture? Why it's important for your organization? Yeah, so uh, company culture has been something super important to Liberty Technology for a long time. Um, we've spent a lot of time over probably the last five, six years really making sure that we've properly defined our company culture, making sure that our employees understand our company culture, um, and just want to really kind of go through that process that we went through, why it's important, um, and just how, how it can impact your business. Um, I kind of am going to put you guys both on the spot, um, even though I know Emily's got her cheat sheet. Oh, but no. part, of, part of company culture is knowing your, knowing your company's core values. And real quick, guys, what are what are our core values? I'll say the first three, and you can say the last three, yeah, the okay? Sheet. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> um, so first one is own your chicken. And would you like me to explain them? However you want to go through it. Cool, okay. Um, so basically on this one, you're chasing it down. You're, the chicken is yours. You are owning it. Whatever the task at hand is, there's a definite owner and you own it. Uh, be cool, golden rule. Basically this is just be a cool person, you know? Be a good coworker. Um, stand in for people if they need it. Uh, this one's always a really cool 
um, thing to do for people. Um, I personally really, really love to get that in bonusly. Um, be self-feeding. This one is basically the way that we remember it is the joke of the day. Uh, don't forget about lunchtime. So basically, uh, you're just always improving. You're becoming a better employee. Whatever your um, job is, you are expanding. Now she's, yeah, she's flipping me the now page. I'm flipping the script. That I actually have to read. <laughs> <laughs> so be a honey badger. It's one of my, my favorite ones. It's maintaining a sense of urgency. So being able to be, adapt, be adaptable, right? So things change. Nothing ever goes according to plan, at least it seems like. So you have to be able to know, oh, the plan has changed. Now I must... Well, what's, what Unless is it? I must flip the script, right? <laughs> no, no, no plan survives contact with the enemy or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And that goes right in the flip mode, right? Uh, being positive when things change. I know in, in certain organizations or in certain markets, you can talk about COVID, right? Like you could, a lot of people could have just shut down personally and business-wise and, you know, not taking the bull by the horns. And that's what that's about. And then being smarter together. And that's one of the things I realized pretty quickly here at Liberty Technology. There's a lot more people smarter than me. So being able to sit down <laughs> with people and connect with people um, yeah. and working together, that's like super important. So the podcast live stream, this is our first live stream. Mm -hmm. So errors and stuff like that, we apologize. Um, but one of the things we're shooting for are who are um, who we're speaking to, which is C-suite, business owners, people who don't know how to navigate the space. So why is company culture important to a business. I think why if, if I'm if I'm a C suite, why why would I want to pay attention to company culture? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. And really what it boils down to is if you haven't thought about company culture, you actually already have one. And it's an accidental company culture. As opposed to what you really want is more of an aspirational company culture, company values. Um, where that accidental culture is going to come from are just the people you've already hired. You're probably hiring a lot of this I don't want to say like-minded people, but probably people that share, hopefully share what you as a business owner want out of your organization. But if you're not being purposeful about it, that can morph over time and you sometimes are just kind of filling the roles that you have. And you may not be thinking about, well, is this person a honey badger or not? Mm -hmm. And you may not, you may get someone who isn't a great fit for your organization. Um, one thing that does come up sometimes when you're looking at it is your company culture is whatever you want for your organization. It can actually absolutely be that everyone puts in 60, 70 hours a week working. You just have to make sure that upfront people know that that's the company culture. Because if you think about it, if you've got someone you're, you're hiring that's expecting full-time work to be a 40-hour work week, and now all of a sudden they're trying to put in a nine to five, and at five o'clock they leave, and everyone's staring at them like, where are you going? <laughs> um, they're not gonna fit in. And you're also gonna have the flip side of that, which is gonna be if you hire someone who's expecting that they need to put in 50, 60 hours and full-time to you means 30 hours, well, they're probably gonna feel like, what's everyone else doing? I'm working here 50, 60 hours a week and everyone else is just chilling by the water cooler at four o'clock or grabbing some beers and why aren't they getting their work done? So making sure you define this is gonna be huge for making sure that you can attract the right talent for your organization, as well as make sure that everyone in your organization is aligned. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a really good point. You have to make sure your employees understand what they're kind of getting themselves into. So, like, you can kind of think retail. Like, people will come into retail, and then they'll be like, well, I have to work weekends and nights. And I'm like, there are no weekends and nights, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or, like, if you're in the medical field, I mean, or bank banking hours and stuff like that, you have to make sure your employees are aware of what they're kind of getting into and stuff like that. So what else do you think, Emily? 
I agree. Those are very good points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a little unfair if if people aren't aware. Um, you definitely don't want people feeling like they're doing more than others and that it's it's unfair to them or that maybe they're not doing enough and it's not told right up front. So always making sure that your employees know what they're getting into is is absolutely should be top of mind. The, the other big thing with company culture too is if you're not purposeful about it, it will change over time. Uh, as well as even if you are purposeful, you may need it to change over time. Uh, yeah. Liberty probably, it gets evaluated where we really ask ourselves, are these still our company, our core va company core values? Probably about every two, two to three years, just to make sure that, hey, are these still the things that are important to us? Are these still what we, what we want everyone to um, strive and aspire to be like? And they haven't changed. I mean, we've actually changed maybe some of the words that we've used to describe them. I mean, you guys got the cheat sheet and you can see like over to the far side. You kind of have cheat sheet? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you can see over on the far side that we've kind of have the, there. we've got kind of just the, hey, if we were to maybe just the, the short form version of explaining it. Um, and there is some overlap and we, we've acknowledged that, but we always look at that. Um, so typically for an organization, like what you'll have is like the leadership team, because culture needs to come from the top, come from the owner, come from the leadership team. Usually you'll get together, you'll, if you haven't already defined it, the kind of the, the way that we went about doing it was looking at our top mm, three, four employees. Like, hey, if we could just clone, like make copies of this, of this employee, of these employees, and we know that our, our organization will be healthy, will, will, will thrive, well, what is it about it makes us want to say that those are the people? Um, I've I found some of my old notes where we where we talked to different folks, and I mean, most actually all the folks are still here unless they've left to go on to bigger, better things. But again, you look at that, and then you have the leadership team do that, and you probably throw adjectives for all the people. Like everyone picks three, you throw them all up on the board. Usually, you're going to find right away that there's a couple core people that everyone everyone thinks is should it should be that clone. And then from there, you just combine those ideas together and try to come up with, well, typically fun sayings. I mean, like the other thing that you do want to do is make sure you're not just coming up with things that we would call our table stakes. Like, I mean, everyone wants their employees to be honest. Like honesty, unless you can really branch out and have a, a compelling reason of why that sets you apart from another organization, that's just a table stake. Um, so again, that's where we've tried to have fun with the ones that we've had and we've, we've kind of, have cultivated. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, how, how would you introduce that as a business owner? How would you know if you have a culture? That, that's one of the big questions, right? Because yep. you as a business owner might think, oh, all of my employees love me and everyone loves working here and all this good stuff, but it might not be reality. How, how would you measure that? Like know that that's happening? Yeah. So one of the easy, one of the ways that they talk about it, it um, in some of the programs we've gone through, of course, you've, you, once you've defined it, you iterate, you, you make sure it's iterative and everyone knows it but it's kind of making sure like I've done to you guys, put, put, putting folks on the spot and see if they understand like what they are. And I mean, like we joke, I mean, we've got six, which I mean, they say less is more and um, we, there's some overlap and maybe we could cut one, not, I don't wanna say cut one or two, but maybe we could have condensed some things because six is a lot, but I know um, we were talking about uh, the joke of the day of think lunchtime for be self-feeding. <laughs> Flip mode's honestly the one that I think gets forgotten the most around here. I think people are doing it, but from, acknowledging and remembering it as a core value. Um, yeah. Just ver being able to verbalize is the one that gets forgotten. Because it's one of the more difficult ones. Because um, flip mode comes out of 
being able to find that silver lining, uh, turn, flipping, flipping adversity and turn it into a, uh, an opportunity. Uh, we've, I've had them before where all of a sudden a server goes down, whatnot. It feels like it's the end of the world. Well, what do you do? You flip mode it into, well, you need a new server. Um, yeah. Or, oh, Microsoft's forcing these changes upon us. Okay, well, crap, this seems like a terrible thing and everyone's gonna say, screw this, I don't want Microsoft, I, let's move over to Google or whatever, but then you actually just embrace it, go to bat for your client and actually turn it, flip mode it. Um, find find that, that silver lining, that opportunity. So we're talking about like, building the culture for your organization like your employees itself. But how do you think that translates to your 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 customers? What would you think? So like if we're talking about everyone in your organization super cool, they love working together, they're able to, to, to flip it when they need to and they're Johnny on the spot, they go after it. How, how does that affect so like an MSP, you hire an MSP like MPP, like Liberty Technology that has all these great core values, this great structure put together. How do we translate that to our company's business? Well, customer's business can't speak. Can go for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, so I think it can roll over into, you know, so it's kind of funny. Um, some of our clients have, I guess we could call them favorites or whatever, people that they typically kind of request help from. Um, the goal, though, that uh, as client success, and I know we've said it a lot of times in our quarterlies, it's like, we have a, a team full of great, great workers, great technicians who are all very smart, wise, and they have all of the education and the knowledge. Um, and if not, they're empowering the other one to have that. So, and that's also a really great thing is having people who can be smarter together. Oh, mm -hmm. look at that, look at that. <laughs> Tying it back into it, having people who are willing to teach each other within the, um, the company, I think that at that point, you have more people that you can turn to, and your clients will then not just request help from one person. They'll they'll feel confident in asking help from, let's say, um, you know, this client's usually request help from Andrew. Oh well, you know, Andrew's Andrew's busy. He's working other things, and they feel just as confident asking the next person to help because we're all team, we're all a team, we're striving for the same goal. And I think unity and, and goals and having everyone has, has the same core values, striving for the same goal, like that will translate to the clients in just asking simple help for just putting in a ticket. You, when everyone is unified in that, it, I feel that in getting help from one and having the same lingo and sort of just the same verbiage when you're talking and all that kind of jazz, they'll, they'll feel like they are talking to a team and not just one teammate, I, I think. The, the other thing too great. is like as you, as a MSP or MPP, by having your, val your core values, your company culture defined, you're actually gonna find that a lot more of the organizations you're working with are probably gonna have a similar culture. Oh, and then that's point. gonna set you up for what you, what's important to you from a culture standpoint is also important to the folks that you're working with. And then your, the employees on both sides are going to probably mesh a little bit better, have better understanding, better empathy for what's going on. And just and for both are gonna have um, just a better working relationship. Like we've run into this with one of our newer clients that uh, actually we are, they are our client and we are their client. And it's just because yeah. Yeah. From, a, from a standpoint of values and 
what both owners and organizations appreciate, we are extremely similar. So we have a lot of alignment when it comes to making recommendations. Like we're, it's easier for us to trust them and for them to trust us. And that comes through with the interactions that we have. Uh, when Joe, when you're out talking, because I know you're their VCIO, they're trusting what you're saying because you can see in them the same values that you have here at Liberty. Yeah. Um, so, and that's huge. Communication, yeah. Uh, and then the flip side of that is if you don't really have those values aligned, it's a lot harder actually from, from a sales perspective um, because it's a lot harder to go out and sell what you don't believe in. Um, yeah, that's a good point. That's so sure. true. And <laughs> so that kind of gets into um, another part of the culture is making sure that you've got the right people and that you have them in the right role. So we kind of call this right, right person, right seat. Um, and that's super important. Um, and this is where having the culture defined can can really make or break an organization. Because if you have the wrong, either the wrong person in the right seat or the right person in the wrong seat, you are not gonna get the results that you're looking for. Yeah. That's my yeah. phone. Yeah. That's my phone. <laughs> um, now, all that stuff leads to the productivity, right? Not only of the yeah. company you're within, but the, the productivity of the company you're working with. How are some ways that you can measure that productivity when you introduce things like company culture? I mean, to know it's working. I mean, that'd be a big thing, right? How do we know it's working? Yeah, so one thing there is just making sure you've got good, clear measurables. Um, so this, this is a little bit more difficult because it depends on the organization, the departments. But like for us, for example, like in operations, I mean, there's a lot of key indicators. The most important, I mean, a lot of people measure, measure this, anyone in service measures it, but is client satisfaction, the CSAT. Making sure that your CSAT number is as high as possible. Um, I think for Liberty, we routinely are at either 9.87, 9.9, somewhere in there. Um, and the way we measure that is for every single service ticket that we work, the last step of that is a survey gets sent out for um, the client to say, hey, how did we do? It's just a simple one to 10, um, if they want to leave comments, great. What we, really, we, we use uh, biz ratings for this, and what's really cool actually that the, our, the end user can do is they can actually rate Liberty as well as rate the folks they worked with. So again, they may think, and we've had this happen a couple times where they maybe haven't been happy with Liberty as an organization for whatever reason. Who knows, maybe we sent them a quote and it was too expensive. Maybe, maybe we took a little bit too long to get to the ticket initially. There are lots of reasons. Maybe they just had a bad day. We, yeah. we actually have had one. We actually had one, <laughs> one, one, um, one, one owner who literally gave us a low score. And when we followed up on it, he said, oh, I just wanted to see what you guys would do if I gave you a low score. It's um, like, thanks. thanks um, we're going we're gonna to send you another cert. We're going to send you the, the link again so you can give us the proper score so you don't skew our metrics. But what's cool with the platform that we use is also, though, you can everyone who worked that ticket can also be rated individually. And we'll run into that sometimes, where Liberty will get a low score, but then the engineer who worked the ticket will actually get uh, usually a perfect 10. And that's just the, the, the person being able to acknowledge, hey, Joe did a great job, but I just wasn't happy, or something like that. And yeah. at Liberty, um, again, we, use, we, we follow up any score that's a seven or, seven or lower. So that, and that's this, the folks here, client success, we'll be calling you if you, if you give that, that low score. And we just wanna know what we could have been doing, what we could have done better to get a perfect score. So we were talking about on prior episodes, like knowing that the phone's gonna be picked up by an actual person, right? And you're gonna know the person you're talking to. And I think that kind of translates a lot to company culture is you can call us and expect to talk to, like, hey, I know who this person is. A live person. Yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not so big that y you don't 
always talk to the same person. I mean, there are points where you're going to talk to someone from client success. Um, or because we are, again, we're teammates, so when everyone is, their phone is ringing, everyone's phone's ringing, so well, that gets you get into a lot of people. Um, knowing that you're going to get someone when you pick up, when you, when, you, when you give us a phone call, I mean, that gets into another metric that we want to make sure that we're measuring. That's the first call resolution. Um, I think on average, we're right around 90% of the time. We you're going to probably get an engineer and they're going to be able to work your problem right away and fix it in that first call, which is huge. So you don't have to sit there and wait around for someone to get back in touch with you. So again, another metric that, hey, whenever, when everything's firing all cylinders, from a culture standpoint, folks know that that's one of the metrics that we track and we look at every single week to make sure that we're in good shape there. And if we start to see it slipping, then we're going to figure out what do we need to do? Is it just that we don't have no one's available to take the call or are we taking the call, but then we have to put a ticket in because we're busy or we don't have the right resources in. Again, these are all things that we look at. Yep, you're not just a, you're not just a call for us. You okay. are, when we see that number pop up, we say, that is a person. You go, uh-oh, they're calling <laughs> again. <laughs> so one of the other things we talk about is the right person, the right seat, the right person, the wrong seat. I mean, what, what well, give me an explanation of that. Like, what does that mean for? Yeah. So once you've got your core values defined, um, typically you want to go through and look at everyone in your organization to make sure that they're living up to the to your core values. Now, again, we understand that not everyone is going to be perfect in every single value that we've got, and people have their ups and downs. So you might have some folks, the system we use, well, it's just a simple, basically, it's ba borderline binary. I guess it's actually um, trinary because it's either positive, negative, or plus minus, so neutral on that. So you go through, rate everyone, make sure. So if um, Emily, if you're not, maybe you're uh, a plus on own your chicken, a plus on be cool golden rule, maybe you forget about lunch from time to time, so you're a plus minus on self-feeding. We would go through that and make sure that we don't have anyone with any minuses. Like that's, the, that's kind of the bar we hold ourselves to is no minuses. We don't want anyone who just does not exemplify a core value at all. Um, from there, we kind of look then at the role that they're in. We want to make sure that we've set people up for success. So we want to make sure that whatever we're tasking you with, you both can do the job as well as you want to do the job. So this is, and we haven't gotten too much into it, but one of the systems we use is uh, EOS, or the Entrepreneurial Operating System, and they use a concept called GWC, get it, want it, have capacity. So you want to make sure that whatever role someone's in, they get, they get the role. They understand why it's important, what needs to be done. The want is, do they actually want to do it? They, I mean, you don't want to give someone a job that they just they don't want to do. They're not going to do a great job. And then finally, do they have the capacity to do this? And this, the capacity goes into a lot of things. Like this is the the raw amount of time does it take? Do they actually have the um, the ability to do it? Um, I mean, since this one's being streamed and people can see us, I mean, Joe, you are a tall fellow. Um, you can, if I need to task you with putting stuff up on a high shelf, I mean, you can do it easily. Emily, you're not quite as tall, um, so you would not have the capacity to do that job. I mean, that's an oversimplification, but sometimes it does yeah. come down to physical capacity. Like, um, a reverse might be if we need either, either of you to help out with a cabling job. Emily, it's going to be a lot easier to send you up in the, <laughs> the, crawl, in the crawl space than it is to send <laughs> Joe. I mean, that's just the, 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 the logistics of it. Yeah. But then also that can be certifications. Like, um, Emily, I'm going to, I may not have you working that, 
that ticket that requires a, a CCNA level of knowledge because we don't we haven't asked you to get that. I'm sure you could if you if if we did, but you don't have that knowledge because you haven't needed it. So we don't want to put you on that. So we look at that. And then, so that's how we make sure we've got the right person in the right seat. Now, why is this important? Well, um, that's where people will be able to thrive if they're the right person in the right seat. If you have the, the right person in the wrong seat, what you're gonna run into is you got someone who's great for your organization. They get your organization, but the role they're in, they're just not gonna really be able to be successful in this. So this might be, um, let's say, Emily, I'm gonna pick on you a little bit more, but let's say I had to um, put you on installing a, 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 B, a Cisco B6K. Let's say that was your job. Oof. You, <laughs> right, A, you probably don't get it, because you probably don't know what those, you may or may not remember what those acronyms mean. Um, you probably don't want it, and again, going back to that CCNA level of knowledge, probably don't have the capacity to do it. So even though you were a great fit in the organization, we would be setting you up for failure. And you're probably gonna get frustrated very quickly. You're not gonna be able to do a good job because we haven't actually given you something that aligns to your talents. Um, and so again, you're just not gonna thrive. And then we're gonna probably have unhappy, unhappy customers at the end of the day. Emily's gonna wanna probably go somewhere else because the job they gave me, I just isn't the right fit for me. And we're gonna lose customers because the job that was done just isn't up to, up to snuff. So, what we really should do in that case, and Emily, you can attest to this. I mean, we've moved you around a couple times because we feel like you're a great fit for the organization. And I think now we've got you in the right seat in the client success role, um, but we've had to move you around a couple times. And that's been both to find you the right role as well as what we've needed. Um, so ideally you want to make sure that you can hold on to those people that are a good culture fit. Um, if you don't have a, the right seat for them, uh, right person, wrong seat and you don't have a seat, well this is where you have to make the difficult decisions of can you hold on to that person until you can carve out that right seat for them or unfortunately you may have to let them go and that's that's a tough decision. Um, thankfully we really haven't ever had to make that, that liberty where it's the right person, wrong seat and we don't have a seat. Um, probably the more dangerous and what can be harder to recognize though is that wrong person in the right seat. These are gonna be the people that probably are gonna be excellent producers in whatever you give them. Um, be it, a, it could be a sales guy and he's gonna make his numbers every month, he's gonna crush his numbers, but nobody's gonna to wanna to work with him. Yeah. And that's gonna be detrimental to morale. Again, if we use sales for example, this is gonna be the guy that closes all the sales and then when uh, Jackie goes to say, well, what did we sell him? I don't know, it's on the quote. Or why didn't we do that? I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the next deal. I'm or, on next thing, yeah. or an engineer, it could be an engineer be a great engineer, gets things done, gets tickets closed out, but has a poor attitude, and then clients don't want to work with him. Or other engineers, like it could be the, we did have one here for a while that I mean, when you'd ask him a question, his response was literally, why do you need to know that? That was, and, because he, he wanted to hoard his knowledge. And yeah. he did a lot of great work. And I mean, if you kind of knew how to work with him, you could work with him. But for newer folks, it wasn't productive at all because he would just hoard that knowledge and didn't know how to get him out get that knowledge out and so kind of they become bulldozers in the order. They'll just bulldoze through everything, not not stop and but they're they can be awful coworkers and it just can kinda pollute and corrupt the the company culture to hold on to those. Those are sometimes the hardest though to get rid of because you do see that they're show, they're generating results. Yeah. The numbers look good but they just don't fit in and they, they really can mess with your company culture if you're not careful. Yeah, there are a lot of good points with that. I I mean there's so many different, you know, right person, right seat, mm -hmm. wrong person, you know, all the good things. I think that that was a brilliant way of putting it. Yeah. 
And Carlos is very brilliant. <laughs> well, and then just that was one of the comments was this man sounds smart. <laughs> uh, but so what? But so what you need to really need to do, and this is something we try to do, is uh, making sure that we've got like quarterly conversations. So this yeah. is where we make sure that everyone is talking with their with um, the, their their bosses, their their leaders. On you, we found a quarterly cadence tends to work okay. We've tried yearly; that's too long between things. Um, you can't really. It ends up being where you'll, you'll focus more on all the things that went wrong as opposed to went right. And you don't have time to say, hey, you did a great job when it happened. Um, we've done bi-weekly. That's way too quick. Um, yeah. Like, that's... I couldn't mm -hmm. imagine. Oh, no, that's <laughs> like, well, anything new? No, not really. It's like, okay, same time, two weeks. Um, what you having for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> How was your breakfast? Um, we did monthly for a little bit, but we found that to just be a little too quick as well. So we've kind of stuck to a quarterly cadence. And that's like, again, looking, again, taking the time to think about the company values, and usually we'll have, um, and I know I didn't necessarily do it with you guys last go around, but um, really ask that you get, that folks rate themselves, have the employees rate themselves yeah. on where they feel they are in the company culture. Their managers rate them as well. And then if there's, <laughs> well, then if there's um, if there's a disconnect, it leads yeah. to a discussion. Like again, you're you're joking. I can hear you joking over here, Emily. Like negative on something, but it, like so, if you yeah. said that you were a a, a negative on whatever, uh, be smarter together. Let's just throw that one out there. And I rated you as a plus minus, or maybe even a plus, like that's a great time for, for a manager and employee to go through and sit down. It's like, well, why is there this disconnect? Why do you feel this way? Um, I've done that to myself before. And sometimes it's just, well, my quarterly conversation was like the week after I just made a huge mistake. And like, I feel like I, nope, I didn't own my chicken or whatever, because yeah. I completely forgot to follow up on that important email. But then when you look across the whole culture, it's like, well, no, that was just a small, a small hiccup. mistake. Yeah, a small a hiccup. Um, we also do monthly yeah. scorecards where everyone has various numbers and metrics that we're trying to hold them, hold everyone to, just so they know what's important. And we do, again, we do that monthly, um, just so again, we can make sure that people are focused on the right thing. So that, these are all ways to make sure that the employees stay aligned with company value and that you can make sure that you're, ma you're actively managing it and you don't end up with an accidental company value that has, uh, or core values that have kind of drifted away from you. I think that's a good point too, like thinking about an organization that if you think you're doing a really good job, but everyone around you doesn't think that, or your boss doesn't notice it and doesn't think that, mm -hmm. and does, you get into the, you know, your 90 day talk, or let's say your yearly review, and you're expecting something and it's not that. And it's like, I could only imagine like, hey, I wish you would have told me this six months ago. I would have fixed yeah. it. Or yeah. why didn't you bring it to my attention? I thought I was doing such a great job. So I think that's another great yeah. thing of having that constant rhythm with your leaders and those check-ins, because you can be aware of like, hey, I'm being, I'm being told I'm doing a good job and this is how I need to fix it and stuff mm -hmm. like that, so. It's yeah. a great thing about being human. You can adapt and you can develop. And the only way that you really know is if someone's holding you accountable. I know for a fact when uh, Charles and I had our quarterly, it was really great to hear even constructive criticism, you know, because I'm, you know, we're already constructive of ourselves. Yeah. So um, sometimes, though, it, it differs. I may think that I excel at something and it's like, oh, well, actually, you know, I just noticed this and, and stuff. And it, gives room for improvement. I love to improve. I don't know about anyone else, but it's a really great thing when you're oh, awesome. You got, and you got right there, uh, be self-feeding. <laughs> be self-feeding. So ho ho hopefully you like to improve. Remember if I heard otherwise, life. we're gonna have to, <laughs> have to change up things for the next quarterly combo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but like hearing, hearing even compliments from my boss about how good of a note taker I am, that boosted my confidence the next time I walk in to a quarterly review 
you better know, Emily will whip <laughs> out her some. notes. And, yeah. and it honestly, though, it gives me a glow of confidence um, more so than you would think because when you go and you, you do something and you, you're so used to doing something, you don't really notice that maybe you're really great at it yeah. or you, you just, you don't notice it and then it's pointed out to you and you're just, oh my God, that's such a great thing to hear, well, so. On, well, on both sides, yeah. both as an employee as well as a manager, like the thing I would, I would say to both, on both sides is make sure to take, when you're having those, hopefully your organization does them, but make sure to take them seriously. Like, yeah. come, come prepared. Uh, you'll get as much out of them as you put into them. So, if you come in with no notes, no thoughts, you're going to probably come out with very few notes, very few thoughts, yeah. or you're going to yeah. be, or you're going to be completely blindsided by something. Um, and it just makes for a, a much better conversation. Um, again, that's why we try to make sure ahead of time. Hey, think about the company values. Think about the role you're in. Do you feel like you? you GWC, get it, want it, and have capacity. Is there anything, like, the big thing too with these is also, like, what can your manager do to uh, better enable you to be a better employee? Yeah. Like, what roadblocks can be, I think that's the term I use, like, what roadblocks can I get out of your way so that you can thrive? Like, but again, as a manager too, you gotta be thinking about, like, hey, what can I be doing, even thinking about it ahead of time, um, that I can do to enable my folks to be the, their best selves? Um, and also, the other thing I would say is don't necessarily wait for those conversations, like for the quarterlies. Like, I mean, if stuff comes up, like yeah. Emily, I know you and I had a conversation not that long ago about some things that would have otherwise happened in a month or two. Yeah. But I mean, it's good to just have those when you have those when the thoughts come to mind um, so yeah. that you're not sitting there waiting because uh, you'll either forget them or you maybe won't remember the context or it'll just be you'll be in a different mental spot and it, you may yeah. not be able to articulate it quite the same way. Yeah, you ask for, you get 100% of what you ask for, I believe that's the saying, and so just being completely honest with your employers, um, it's sometimes it's a hard thing to do, um, if it's uh, uncomfortable comfort conversations or whatnot, but I think having that, um, I, I, this is not, the, these are not the right words, but like an open relationship, like just an open, <laughs> an open space where you can talk and, and talk to one another and just know that everything is said with the best and your best interest at heart. Yeah. Your manager obviously wants to make your life that much better. And you also know how you feel and that should never be disregarded. You're super important. Your happiness will elevate the company that much more because you're putting your effort into your work and that in turn will roll roll over into your clients because they're getting the best of you and that's what counts at the end of the day is well are said. they getting the best yeah. Emily that they could have <laughs> I would hope so yeah for sure is there anything more you guys want to add before well, we one thing I do want to kind of circle back to just a yep. little bit is you're talking about how to make sure that the, your organization understands and knows what your values are, what your culture is. And I just want to reiterate that it really does come from the top. Yeah. I mean, your, your leadership, your CEO, president, whatever, whoever is in charge of your organization, as well as your leadership team, have to live it, have to embody it. Because it's one thing to put a bunch of things down on a piece of paper, but if your employees don't see those being followed from the top, they will know that they're just pithy yeah. sayings that sound good on paper, and they're not, they're not gonna live it because they, they, they can see that they're not being lived. So what I would say to like, again, other folks in the C-level, um, in the C-suite or other managers is like, whatever those values are, make sure you embody them. 
because it's just like you joke about kids learn from their parents and whatnot. Yeah. However, you like if you if you're sitting there telling them not to swear and you're swearing like a sailor all the time, they're going to pick it up. Yeah. I mean, but if yeah. you're if you're out there showing that hey, the stuff you give me, I get done. That hey, I'm going to own my chicken. That hey, I'm going to take care of everybody. Um, I'm going to go out there and learn more. I'm going to be tenacious, get things done. Hey, when those when things look bad, I'm going to figure out a way to find some opportunity and. Um, we're going to work together on this. Like if I can embody all those all the time, then my team's going to know, hey, look, this is what I need to do. This is what's expected of me. I want to live up to that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> exactly. So now we're coming to the best part of the of the pod, oh. uh, podcast. I keep calling it a pod, podcast, but live stream video now. So. <laughs> all right. I Would, know. So here we go. Would you rather have chopsticks for hands? or office chair wheels for feet? Oh, office chair wheels. Really? Yes. Yes, I want to roll everywhere. Well, you'd be That'd like be rollerblading everywhere. That sounds fun. What happens if you want to go to the beach? I roll right into the ocean, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, listen, I'm chopsticks <laughs> is hands. That doesn't sound very, I, you know, yeah, I just realized it is a video. <laughs> and you did just see me do that. Yes, we did. Very publicly. <laughs> Um, tutorial coming soon on chopped chopstick hands. No, yeah. but uh, I would like to wheel around because man, walking overrated. We, well, we've been over the walking thing being overrated yes, for yes, we have. several times. <laughs> yes, um, we have. We we have done that math. We figured things. You know, we picked on you many <laughs> but times. But if you had office chair for wheels, would you office chair wheel to work? Um. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You just see me coming in hot. Right. So, so now we've established if we get her a set of roller skates or rollerblades that she'll, she'll, <laughs> she won't drive to work anymore. One of the viewers says, I would just avoid the beach. Just avoid the beach. Oh, no, never, ever. That's not an option, viewer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I guess, I, I mean, honestly, the question, I guess, does depend on your lifestyle. Because, yeah, yeah, if you want to go to the beach, if you like hiking or like going up into the mountains or something like that, it could be very difficult if you're just rolling around everywhere. Um, I think, though, I would opt for the, the chopsticks. Yeah, I think so too because I'm because th I think the office. We'll see. One of the viewers saying, "I feel the office chair feet is safer than chopstick hands in a car." I mean, but then they're not. Oh well, yeah, but if you're putting your feet down, you're rolling on yeah. the pedal, or if you're getting in the shower, could you imagine? Like, oh yeah, that that'd be awful. I think chopstick feet because or. Chopstick feet. <laughs> oh, that okay. That we now that one wasn't on the table. That, that opposes one, no. its own obstacle. So, AKA pirate with two peg legs. <laughs> um, I I just I would say chopstick hands. Yeah, I mean I, I could like no. drive like this. Well, I mean there. we're we're close enough you that I mean Uber. get yourself get your yeah, Uber or Tesla and you're oh, just yeah. like don't let the driving stop you. <laughs> probably at this point you just say you're. I mean again, you got voice control stuff for everything. Now you're just gonna start oh, going. Yeah. Alexa, Google, do this for me. It doesn't really matter. It'll, if you have the chopstick hands. Yeah. You can just tie a rope to me and then just um, you pull typing, me. Typing though, typing on a keyboard. Typing harder. Dictate, dictation. Oh uh, yeah. See, this is why he's here. I, I, <laughs> I stand by the wheels. You stand by the wheels. Oh yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thanks so much for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, we do appreciate it. Uh, we'll have this video on our stream or channel as well. So if you want to view it later, we'll also have the audio up. I don't know, because this is like the third episode, right? Was it third we're supposed or fourth? to run YouTube? What are we supposed to say? Like, like, share, subscribe? Oh, like, share, like, subscribe. Yeah, she does yeah. the intro. You gotta yeah. hit the like button, hit subscribe, share it, 
the content with somebody you know and comment. Yes. Right? Tell all your friends and family. All your friends and family. But till next time, Charles, look at the camera and wave just so somebody Wh can actually. Which one? I've got, I've got like three cameras Look at all here. three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. There's one here. Hi there. Hi over there. <laughs> but until next time, guys, thank you so much. Liberty Tech on tap. That's us. That's us. Bye. Did we actually have a viewer? Thank you for listening to Liberty Tech on Tap. Don't forget to subscribe in your podcast engine of choice, drop us a five-star rating, and leave comments suggesting topics for us to talk about. Or just let us know what you thought of this episode. Until next time, we're tapping out.